What is up, designers? And welcome back to the Grant Design Podcast. Um, this episode is kind of like an inspirational rant about uh, this summit that I'm putting together um, and about the rejection and the amount of people that's blowing me off as I'm trying to put this summit together. And I made this summit, um, this, this podcast episode, because I know a lot of people are going through some of the same things. Like people don't feel like they have to pay attention to you. They feel like you're not important. They feel like you're not significant enough to work with or pay attention to or even give the time of day, whether it's an hour or 30 minutes or whatever. And so I made this podcast episode about that and how I'm dealing with it. And uh, so here's the episode. Here's the intro music. Thank you for listening. How do people like us, the visionaries, the creatives, real people with real ideas, people who don't have mass budgets, platforms, or teams, and people who live in this noisy world dominated by internet gurus, influencers, and big brands, the people attempting to make a dream on our own dollar, how do we get our ideas to pierce through all the noise in not only a massive, but a massively profitable way? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dallas, and this is Grand Design, the podcast about taking the ideas in your head, pushing out into the world, and forming mass movements. What is up, designers? It is about 11 p.m. here in the city of Los Angeles. I'm downstairs sitting in a car, and you know, um... I'm kind of just coming in on today's episode to give a little bit of inspiration, motivation, a jumpstart for the people who might need that um, to tell y'all or fill y'all in more of the story, you know, because this podcast is a documentation of the journey and, um, you know, just to, you know, come on the podcast and be more consistent and, uh, speak more often for the people who are you know wherever you might be in life you know you might be in your bedroom and or you might be at work or you might be in a car and you just want to hear someone's voice in the background you know what I mean because a lot of my life was like that um but what I wanted to talk about today was the summit okay the surviving the cancel summit that I'm putting on and putting together man we have some a lot of a lot of takes on the summit that aren't you know, because it is about surviving the cancel that aren't popular opinions. A lot of the influencers and marketers and things like that um, that are coming on to the summit, uh, you know, they believe in some things that society might frown upon or might be combative about. And man, it is juicy, is is action fact, and I love it. So I can't wait to unveil it at long last. We got a lot of all lives matter. We got a lot of, you know, black lives matter. We got make America great again, we got, we got all types of things, you know, and me, I'm a big fan of people who are going to stand up for what they believe in and express their opinion, because me, personally, I don't, you know, I'm never going to vote a day in my life, I don't give a, you know, I don't give a damn about the process of voting, I don't, you know, if I wanted to vote somebody in, I would just go run, that's how I feel about it, but about this summit, we have a lot of great speakers on the summit, or a lot of great speakers uh, we're, we're setting up to interview on the summit. And we've, when we've interviewed all the speakers, that's when the summit will uh, premiere. But uh, one of the issues that I'm running into is that, you know, coming up on this summit date, I'm having a lot of trouble getting people who aren't speakers to allow me onto their podcast to promote the summit. Okay. Um, a lot of you know, the problem with promotion is that people just don't think what I have to say um, 
they don't think this summit uh, is important. They don't think it's relevant. They're like, who is this random guy um, messaging me or DMing me? And don't get me wrong, rightfully so. Rightfully so. They don't know me. Why, why would they give me anything? You understand what I mean? They, they don't have to give me anything. Um, that's not the point of what I'm saying. But a lot of people just look at me like, like, who is this random dude? And why, like, you know, it, it's within culture, you know, you have figureheads in cultures. Okay, so like the marketing culture, you have like figureheads, not figureheads, but uh, icons, like people that everyone knows. We have cliques, we have circles. Okay, like every culture. Okay, and um, a lot of people in the, you know, I'm running into the issue of a lot of people not recognizing me as somebody that's in their social group. You know, people are like, why, you know, you know, why would I give this dude an hour interview? Why would I put his interview in my podcast? What does he have to say? Just, just who is this random guy? A lot of people don't believe in the value that I bring, the value of what I have to say, the value of the summit, the value of the position. I mean, some people are even just like, why should I speak on this guy's summit? You know, it's rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. Okay. And I'm making this episode because I want to talk about you know, that element of the summit and how I've been dealing with it, because I know a lot of people in life, you know, are dealing with something similar. Okay. So in order to, you know, um, set up, uh, the point I want to make about that rejection of, you know, going, going through that over and over and over and over and over again, um, I want to go, you know, back to the past, you know, uh, actually, let me start a little bit in the present, maybe a few weeks ago, and then I'm going to go back in the past. So what I want to talk about in the present is like uh, one of my biggest one of the things that is a dagger in my heart that like, it would, you know, it hurts me so much to see it every single time. And I know every single person feels this way. It's like when somebody who is exceptional, somebody is great, you know, you know, is at the height of their game and they freeze up. And have lapses in their judgment and their ability in moments that really matter. Like somebody that you look up to, they like they're going for the championship and they choke or you know, whatever it might be. Uh one of the most recent examples that I was thinking of was Vasily uh Vasily Lomachenko. Um Vasily Lomachenko, uh, he's a boxer. He was going, you know, he's you know, I think one of the most technically revolutionary sound. You know, like one of the craziest boxers I ever witnessed in my lifetime. Somebody I'm a big fan of. Um, he was going to fight Teofimo Lopez, um, who was a young boxer. He's 23. It's like about a 10, 10, 18 year age gap between these two people. Um, and uh, Lomachenko was, you know, he was pound for pound number one in the world. You know, and he was going with this fight to unify all the belts of the light, you know, the, uh, the light, the lightweight division. And um Everybody was expecting him to wipe Tiafimo, like because it's like, man, he's he's Lomachenko, like he's like, like beating this dude, even though he had a loss on his record, but beating this dude at this point in his career was unfathomable. It was like, you know, it's not going to happen. Like he's just too, he's just too different. Like you know, he got all these different names. Like they call him High Tech, they call him the Matrix. Like they say he put people in the Matrix because he made so many different boxers, world champions, quit on the stool when he was fighting him because his techniques and the way he would. You know, he was just so elusive. You know, he would hit them so hard and so uh, in, with such volume, they wouldn't be able to get a punch on him. And I'm like a big fan of this dude. And he goes up, like I think about a week or two ago, to face Tiafimo Lopez. I'm like, let's go, Lomachenko. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm psyched out. I'm reading the fight on Twitter because I don't pay for no pay-per-views. I don't know if it was pay-per-view or not. I don't even have a TV in my room, so it doesn't matter. Anyhow, um, 
and he loses the fight. I'm like, you know, like that, that literally like breaks my heart every time I see something like that happen. It kills me. Like it literally kills me. Another one was like Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs is one of my favorite wrestlers ever because he's just Jordan Burroughs. He's one of the greatest American wrestlers. If not, I think he's the greatest American wrestler of all time. And that's just factual. A lot of people might say John Smith, but look, John Smith faced the USSR. Jordan Burroughs faced Russia and all the factions that came out of the USSR. His pool is a lot deeper. Okay. Um, so I say Jordan Burroughs. But uh, Jordan Burroughs, he, he is somebody that since I was young, I would watch on you know, TV, on YouTube, on Flow Wrestling. Um, he's a, he's, he's a wrestler and he is somebody that I watched win his first world title. And then while I was in high school, I would watch him and study his movements and study his techniques to get better. He's somebody I looked up to and I watched him win an Olympic title. And then after that, I watched him win a world title and then another one. Um, and I remember that during my years, like he was just somebody I looked up to and everybody in the world pretty much looked to as somebody that's invincible, like somebody that's unstoppable force. Um, he might've actually lost no, he won his first world title. Then he, then he won the Olympic title. You know, fresh out of college. And then the next year, he broke his ankle two weeks before the World Championships and went in anyway and won. And then the next year, I believe, which was 2014, he actually, um, what it would happen? He, um, he damaged his, uh, like he had a torn ACL or something like that, like a torn MCL. He had an injury during the middle of the tournament. Um, and he dropped the match, but then he bounced back with the injury and took third place. And then in 2015, it was in Vegas and he beat, uh, Godoyev, one of the most crazy Russian wrestlers. Like the Godoyev is, is, you know, he, he's bad, man. The dude is bad. He, he like bad in a good way. Like he's a good wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but he beat Godoyev, I think in the semifinals or the quarterfinals. And he went on to win against, Man, my timelines are all crazy. Um, I think it was Sabalov, but I don't remember. He he won the finals that year again. He won the championship, so now he has like four world titles. You know, um, not many wrestlers have four world titles. You know, so in uh, an Olympic gold medal, and so he goes to 2016 for the Olympic championships, and of course he faces Godoyev in the quarterfinals of the Olympics, and like I remember watching that match, and he lost. Like he like. Godoyev literally scraped by this dude, I think like 1-0 or 2-1 or 2-0 or something like that, and he lost, and Godoyev actually went on and took second place to uh, Yazdani, who was an uh, Iranian wrestler, one of the greatest Iranian wrestlers, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and in the world, um, but I remember seeing Jordan Burroughs lose, and then like, you know, he going down to the interviews, because he was sad, he was crying, you know, it was he said it was one of the worst days of his life, and I believed him, because it was one of the worst days of my life. You know, I hate these moments where these people that I look up to, that I think are invincible, that I think are just so cold, they freeze in in these moments where, albeit most people, like, you know, I don't know what, you know, I'm not saying these individuals particularly freeze, but, you know, you want them to win. And I have my own relationships with that, you know, that, you know, instances like that, you know, I practice all my life to win um, a state title through the ages of 14 through 18 when I was wrestling in high school, uh, when I was watching Jordan Burroughs. And I remember, man, uh, 
my senior year, like my, my, my high school career was kind of crazy. Like freshman year, I didn't do anything. I went like nine and 11. Then the next year I went like 23 and two or 23 and one or something like that. I won the JV County title. And then I started practicing in the off season. I came back the next year and I was like, I was like 24 and one or something. I was tearing people up. I was invincible. Um, the only kid I lost to was not even in our division. Um, but then I failed off because it was just the worst year of my life. And I, I just, I just collapsed everything. I fell apart, stopped, you know, taking my homework seriously, everything. I got like three E's and two D's and I failed off my, uh, off that year, my junior year. But then I came back, I was ranked, I believe number one in the County. And, uh, I had just, yeah, I believe I was ranked number one in the County, but I came back my senior year and went on a tear just completely just wrecking people. Uh, it was absolute insanity. But then um, I took second in the county to the guy that I wrestled all summer long. So I, I wasn't really tripping about that. He's a, you know, his name is Rob. He's a, he, he went on to become a state champion. Rob is an insane wrestler. So I was like, okay, well, you dropped the match to Rob. He's not even in my division for regionals or states. So I don't really care. It's just like, whatever. And he's my, he's my friend. He's my pal. So I don't really care. So we go into regions that win the region title. Um, but then I go to states, man. And in states, man, I don't know why. They, the, the magnitude of the moment just made me freeze like I froze and in the first match I lost to somebody who wasn't even a champion in their region like got picked apart you know just being starstruck just looking like a deer in the headlights and I remember uh there was it was this quote that I always talk about man it was um you know I'm great I'm a success today or I'm great now because I had a coach that believed in me and I didn't have the heart to let him down and I remember driving back, you know, after pretty much crying in the bleachers, driving back, you know, in the in 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 the um, passenger side or either in the passenger, I believe it's the passenger side uh, of my coach's truck. And um, man, I was just so sad, like the whole ride home. And I remember just telling him, man, like my biggest regret about that entire instance is that I let you down. And of course, he said, man, you could never do that, which. I remember that to this very day, like that means so much to my heart. But but what I'm trying to illustrate here is that I have a lot of emotions around instances that are, you know, you got to make the final shot or, or, or you got to explode past this moment or you'll or you'll lose everything. And then the person that everyone's rooting on, they freeze, you know, or they lose or they don't live up to the hype or live up to the moment. Like that's something imagine like Habib, he just won his last match in the UFC and retired. Imagine if he lost, like things like that. It's just like it breaks my heart. So I spent the last few years really just studying and narrowing down what makes, you know, somebody excel or succeed in those moments. You know, like uh, like LeBron, they said uh, just before this year, which is year 2020, that he'd never win a championship again. But LeBron, man, he pulled up to the finals and he won like it was nothing. You know, he won like it was nothing, you know. Think about when the Golden War State Warriors were against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to talk about that more. You know, taking that final shot to win a championship. Going against one of the greatest teams, the greatest team of all time. He cold. You know what I'm saying? That's what they say. They, they, they say he cold, you know. Um, he got ice in his veins. Like how, like, how do you get like that? And from listening to Owen Cook and all these high performers throughout the world, what I was able to surmise was, which this would change my wrestling career if I would have implemented this. I'm just building on the concept of the last episode is that, you know, you get cold, you get icy when you like you have mass intent on where you want to go. Listen to the last episode if you if you want to hear about more of this. Yeah, when you have massive intention on where, what you want to do or where you want to go, but you're relink, but you have release muscles and you're relinquishing from the outcome.
Like you don't you're like the outcome is not what's on your mind. You're just in this moment, just driving to the goal as hard as po- as humanly possible. But everything that comes after this, you're not worried about it. You know, I wanted to win so bad, and so my foot was on the gas to win. But at the same time, at the same time, I was fearful of the result. I didn't want to lose. And so while I had the foot on the gas, all these inhibitions were holding me back from performing the way I knew I should have. And so I had a foot at the same time as one was on the gas, one was on the brakes. And I was just spinning out, like just really just sitting there and stalling and smoke, you know, was appearing and things like that. But I didn't go anywhere. Okay. Um, and so what I say about that is, you know, if I would have meditated all four years of high school, we would have probably had a different result. I probably would have been colder. I probably would have been icier because I'm not trying to project what happens after this moment to do all these calculations. I'm right here, right now with full intentions in the moment and present. And what comes after I'm relinquished from, I let go from, I, I think, you know, from all my studies and observations throughout the years and my personal experience, what makes somebody cold is that while they're going hard, what comes next is not really on their mind you know you're just going through the motions you're doing what it is that you got to do right now you're just not worried about the next moment you're not worried about the future you're worried about what's happening today okay and that's what it means to be built different in those moments where everything counts that's what it means to be different to be built different excuse me that's what it means so I say that to say this you know, for the people, you know, uh, they keep, you know, they keep rejecting me, man. They keep rejecting me. And I know they keep rejecting you too. Saying, oh, they brushing me off like I'm not who I say I am. But look at the world around you. Here's the thing. Look at the world around you. How many times did they do that to, and I don't know if this is a true story or not, but to the, the creator of Starbucks. How many times did they brush him off and say his business was stupid and it didn't work? I heard that it was 270 times. Okay. You know, you think about LeBron James. Think about Kanye West when he was 50 million in debt, sitting on Sway in the morning saying, How Sway? And everybody thought it was a joke. How many times they brush him off, call him crazy? Five billion dollars later, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? Five billion dollars later. Even people who are successful, they said LeBron would never win another title. You know, all this time later, Jordan Burroughs went down in 2016. And people wanted to say, oh, Kyle Dake was going to beat him. The next, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said Kyle Dake. You see, here's the thing with the Olympics, man, or, or, or wrestling. The wrestling, they have something called the World Team Trials. It's like a tournament that you got to go through to get on the wrestling team or the world team. Okay, who the people who go and wrestle in the world tournaments because it's only one person per weight class. So Jordan Burroughs, right? Because he, you know, the people who win the former world world title, I mean, the, who win in the world championship of the previous year, they get to sit in the finals of the world team trials. And so all their challengers start and wrestle four or five other matches. And the person who won the last world championships or took between one and third place you know, at the world championships of the previous year, they get to sit in the finals and the challenger wrestles all the way there and they meet him in the finals. And, uh, you know, a lot of people said Jordan Barrels, the reason he kept winning 
uh, the world team trials and going to the world championships was because wrestlers like Kyle Dake, who is uh, an amazing wrestler, had to go through this entire bracket of wrestlers and he sat in the finals and was fresh at the end of it all. And so they said in 2016, because he lost, he didn't place between one and three uh, at the Olympics. He didn't sit at the end of the world team trials anymore. And so they were saying because of that, Kyle Dake was going to smoke him because they were both fresh. And what happened was right before the world team trials, if you can sit in the finals of the world team trials, I believe, if you win senior nationals or something like that. And so Jordan Burroughs that year, he has to go and face Kyle Dake at the senior nationals while he's fresh. And so he faces him, he scrapes by, and he gets the victory. Boom. So he gets to the World Team Trial Finals. Kyle Dake gets to wrestle him again. Kyle Dake, I believe, wins the first match. Something crazy like that. And then Kyle, then Jordan Burroughs comes out. They, they You know, everybody say, oh, Kyle Dake's going to beat him. Kyle Dake's going to da 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 You know, whatever they're going to say. And Jordan Burroughs... And this was this this world team trials was in Jordan Burrow's hometown. It was in his hometown. He shuts him out for the next two. That might have actually been for the Olympic trials, but I don't, all all these all these you know whatever. Yeah, no, I think that was that year. He shuts him out for the next two. Cold, cold, cold. He just he just cold. He icy. He a pimp, you know. And then he bounces back and he wins that world championships that year. Great, you know, I remember watching that like, man, this dude went through literally the darkest valleys, the darkest of times, and he bounced back and he did it all. How can I be like that? How can I get like that? All the, you know, I remember after the Olympics passed, he wrote that he might step away from wrestling in his uh, his blog on his website. I think it's jordanburrows.com. Um, but he came back. You know? But how many people doubted him? The, the more of the story that I'm bringing to you is that they reject everybody. They doubt everybody. And the way that I'm handling this situation, all these rejections, all this doubt. Look, man, I know this company is going to a billion dollars regardless. I'm focusing on doing, taking the next step at all times. Just taking, taking the step that's in front of me, taking the movement that's in front of me. I'm not thinking too far ahead. I'm thinking about what I'm, what I'm saying to you is I'm thinking about the present moment, the problem, you know, right in front of me. I'm thinking about right now, playing the game right now. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm not thinking about who, who, you know, who's, you know what I'm saying? I'm not thinking about the rejection. I'm not thinking about failing. I'm not thinking about losing. I'm not thinking about, oh, I'm here at the state. Because I lived through that before. I'm not thinking, oh, I'm here at Cole Fieldhouse wrestling the state tournament. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to go. My intentions are clear. I know where I'm going. I'm just going. I'm just going. I'm not thinking about, oh, what happens if I go? I'm just going. Because that's what I learned to do. So I don't have to sit in the bleachers and cry anymore. So I don't have to tell my coach I let him down anymore or my family or my friends or my girlfriend. I'm just going. I'm not thinking about these rejections and that's how I'm handling it. And that's why I made that last episode about meditation because that's one of the things that's helping me just stay icy, just stay cold because I want to show up in these big moments and make the last shot. One of my favorite stories of all time, I'll leave you with this. One of my favorite stories of all time is the story of a guy named LeBron James, the kid from Akron or Akron, whatever you call the place. It's a city in uh, Ohio. Um, man, him leaving Miami or wherever the heck he left 
And then in 2016, going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers, and then him fighting his way to the finals, and then him being 3-1, down 3-1 to the greatest basketball team of all time. Four Hall of Famers on that team. Four Hall of Famers in front of this guy's face. And him just like every single game coming out and leaving it all on the line. Battling back, battling back, fighting, 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 fighting. That that series was the epitome of cold. He was cold. That is the epitome of icy. And it coming down to one final shot to seal the deal. And they came back 3-1. If you if you LeBron and you have one win. And, and, and one of the greatest teams ever is up three, if not the greatest team ever, is up three wins. Look, man, you got to really be able to calm your mind and, and dial in on what it is that you have to do on the intention, the mission. You can't be thinking about everything else in the world. You know, you got to be cold. So that's, you know, that's more of the story in this episode, man. I'm cold. You know, all these rejections, all this blah, 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 blah. I don't care, man. This company. Is going to a billion dollars, a billion, a billion. The summit is going to launch. We're just going to do it. I don't care if I got to kick the door down and take it. We're just going to do it. That's what I have to say. You know, I don't care how long it takes or, or whatever else, what other details I might have to run into. That's what's going to happen. And so, um, like I said in the last episode, I said one of the key tools in, in, in helping me with remaining that way is meditation because meditation like your mind like when you sit down to meditate one of the things that you do when you meditate is just like the honing on the moment like stay in the present and you'll notice your mind will try to tell you about oh this 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 that like all these different thoughts of the future or the past will pop into your mind and you'll just be thinking about them um and i remember i said this in the last episode andrew huberman he was on the joe rogan episode i don't remember what he called it but he says like the 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 brain at all times is doing logistical like uh mathematics to determine the outcome of the current situation or the current moment um at all times you're always like you know thinking ahead like thinking about what it is and so that's what the brain's doing and the only time the brain doesn't do that is when you sleep or you know uh, something like that and so we have to you know we have to what he said what high high performance athletes are able to do is to be able to get a handle on that put themselves in a trance put themselves in a zone you know you have to get a handle on your brain so that it stops thinking about every like doing these calculations and just focus on the action that's all i really have to say for this episode okay but um yeah thank you everybody for listening uh if you enjoyed this episode rate and subscribe review whatever it is you got to do um i appreciate you for listening this is dallas and this is the grand design podcast Terrible news. A bunch of crazy socialists just decided they didn't like your opinions or your ways of life that much. You have 30 days to build a counter movement of supporters before they cancel your business and your livelihood crashes and burns. How is it given 30 days where you create a counter social movement around your business, turning your customers into true fans in the process and rally enough support to survive the cancel? Interesting question, right? That's the exact question I asked 30 insane entrepreneurs who've actually done it before. That's right. I gathered some of the top minds in business, 
some with millions of followers behind their social movements and recorded their answers for the world to hear on a free live summit I'm hosting. Interested in hearing their answers? Well, you can register for the free summit, the Surviving the Cancel Summit at survivingthecancel.com. Wait, so why are you still here? Aren't you interested in how some of the sharpest minds to ever exist in business are actively creating social movements around their business that shape the literal culture, the literal world that we see around us visually every single day? Like this summit is going to be absolutely insane. These business moguls, whatever you want to call them, are going to step by step outline exactly how in 30 days they will unlock the hidden social movement within their business to one, destroy cancel culture and to two, affect their customers and clients on such a deep level that they become evangelists for their message. It is going to be insane stuff and you do not want to miss this one. So again, the summit is at www.survivingthecancel.com. So come and finally learn the difference between being a marketer, someone who can create sales, and being something else, someone who actually can make an impact in this world.
Terrible news. A bunch of crazy socialists just decided they didn't like your opinions or your ways of life that much. You have 30 days to build a counter movement of supporters before they cancel your business and your livelihood crashes and burns. How is it, given 30 days, we create a counter social movement around your business, turning your customers into true fans in the process and rally enough support to survive the cancel? Interesting question, right? That's the exact question I asked 30 insane entrepreneurs who've actually done it before. That's right. I gathered some of the top minds in business, some with millions of followers behind their social movements, and recorded their answers for the world to hear on a free live summit I'm hosting. Interested in hearing their answers? Well, you can register for the free summit, the Surviving the Cancel Summit, at survivingthecancel.com. Wait, so why are you still here? Aren't you interested in how some of the sharpest minds to ever exist in business are actively creating social movements around their business that shape the literal culture, the literal world that we see around us visually every single day? Like, this summit is going to be absolutely insane. These business moguls, whatever you want to call them, are going to step by step outline exactly how in 30 days they will unlock the hidden social movement within their business to one, destroy cancel culture and to two, affect their customers and clients on such a deep level that they become evangelists for their message. It is going to be insane stuff and you do not want to miss this one. So again, the summit is at www survivingthecancel.com so come and finally learn the difference between being a marketer someone who can create sales and being something else someone who actually can make an impact in this world